In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the Glovers cast. Yeovil managed back-to-back league wins for the first time since Darren Saar was the manager this week. More than 3,300 spent their evening at Hewish Park to see three valuable points collected. Was it pretty? Was it enjoyable? Do these questions even matter? Here to answer these questions and more is Dave Coates. Good evening. And BBC Radio 5 Lives, Sheridan (laughs) Robbins. Are we allowed to say that yet, Sheridan? Is that... I hope so. <laughs> I, think, I think I think regional radio is uh, should should to stake a claim though definitely. Should it? I think so. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's got to be it's got to be geography bias, isn't there? There's got to be a geography bias about it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just glad I'm allowed back after uh, missing Saturday, but getting the win on Tuesday. It was touch and go. Problem. It was yeah. touch and go. <laughs> yeah, we had to put a poll out there. We asked the people what they thought, and yeah, you, you scraped it. <laughs> it was a bit more convincing than Brexit, but only just, yeah. <laughs> don't start that, Dave. No, no, don't get on the politics. <laughs> he says sat in his yellow chair. That's very Lib Dem, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I am in Somerset, so uh, so it does it does have a very Lib Dem feel to it. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, anyway, Dave, you've managed to stay on politics uh, for <laughs> a little bit longer there. Um, yeah, I was close to saying to Sheridan, I think you should leave when it um, got to about the 80th minute um, because, <laughs> you know, Ian Randall's got a good rate of commentating on the Oval Games, but we made it. We made it. Um, didn't, didn't Ian Randall commentate quite a number of games last season? He did, did but he, he yeah. commentated on some wins and draws. Did he? Last <laughs> season? Yeah. Blimey, right, okay, all right. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit. I don't even remember. I, I only saw one win last season. So I've already I've already doubled my tally. So, uh, yeah. 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 Um. Well, let's let's get into it. Truro game. When you saw the lineup, Dave, what was your what were your thoughts? That's nice and easy because it's exactly the same as last week as Saturday, and therefore we don't really have to change the graphic. But Ian, what, who's on the bench? Ian, Ian, who's on the bench? Send a message. Who's on the bench? <laughs> then uh, waiting for Ben to put a graphic out. That 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 was my thought process when I saw okay. the team. But Obviously. I also thought, well, it worked all right. Nice fast start again. That's what we did Saturday. It's bound to happen again. Didn't happen. <laughs> Obviously, Sheridan, you had a word with Mark Cooper before the team came out, and he told you that it was the same lineup but a change in shape. So, what were you thinking when he he tells you a change in shape? Yeah, I was quite surprised because he sort of said, oh, yeah, it's the same. And I thought, great, you know, don't change a a winning team. But it was the discussion with him was more about Jordan Maguire and how much he wanted to get Jordan Maguire more into the game. So although he was technically at wing back, it was a lot more fluid than that, wasn't it? And he was a lot further forward than the opposite wing back. He wanted to get him into that 
number 10 position, but also able to drift out wide. And I think there's a lot of debate, isn't there, about this front three. And I think it was kind of to to try and assist that front three. So he clearly had that that plan, um, perhaps didn't quite go as he would have hoped. But what we'll say is it was nice to to see. I know Morgan Williams went off in the end, but I think he thrives in a back three. Um, so in terms of the back three, I didn't think that was a, an issue at all. I think we're a lot stronger in that respect this season. I don't know if you agree. Um, I think I think we've got good defenders to play it, but we need to have Morgan Williams in the middle because mm. he's quicker than anyone else. But I thought we, particularly on that right-hand side, because of the Jordan Maguire-Drew positioning, I thought we were quite exposed and it seemed like it was always a ball over the top for Staunton to try and have to keep up with a Truro Ford or even on the other side, I think they were quite threatening too. Um, so I was, I don't know, I was a bit wound, not wound up, wound up's the wrong word. Um, but when I saw that it was the same team, but it was changed shape, I just thought, let's just keep it the same for two games in a row. And I know after 20 minutes or so, it did go back to that. And I think we looked a lot, a lot more comfortable with, you know, Morgan Williams seemed to get, he was the main threat on that right-hand side, getting crosses in. I think, um, shout out to Ollie Marsh for his uh, Instagram reel that he's done for the the account. But I think the only real chance was that Jordan Maguire drew cross mm. that nearly went in. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, we got shots away, but Truro defended so well, didn't they? They really did. They really did. And there is there is a level of, you have to credit the opposition in that they completely nullified us. And we still had quite a lot of the ball, didn't we? But we just couldn't break them down. Um, I mean, Ed Palmer, I thought, had the game of his life. <laughs> I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, and anything we threw at him, because we've got such quality, particularly up front. And he just, he nullified us completely. It's clearly was his 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 game plan and and it and it totally worked um so yeah it was a it was a difficult first half wasn't it but as, you're right as soon as we turned to the to the back four I thought we looked a lot stronger um and certainly had more of the ball what was the noise like around you Dave because obviously we've been turned around in the first half and had to attack the, the home end which is <laughs> uncomfortable in itself um because we like that in the second but but all the possession we did have, Truro managed to break and get some really good chances. Yeah, I think and it's probably the case for 80 minutes of the game was the game which more supporters would want, the, the tactics, the, the way uh, more supporters than not would have wanted us to play was the way that Truro played. So they'd want us to be, you know, chucking bodies in the line, but but getting forward and attacking. They they broke with with pace, didn't they? Was it Neil and uh, Greenslade, I think they had up front? It yeah. seemed every time the ball went to them, they were carving out a chance, having a shot. That was what supporters wanted us to do. That that, that was exactly it. Everything that Truro did, but the final scoreline. <laughs> so everyone, everyone, wanted the, everyone wanted the final scoreline that we got, but everybody wanted us to play the way that Truro played. So there was there was frustration, as uh, was was evident that they were doing things that we thought we should be doing, and also we were doing things that 
didn't seem to be going anywhere towards that type of football because we were keeping possession. We were playing it around a bit. We were, it felt very much like we were a bit like St Albans were on Saturday and as much as we had a lot of possession, but we never really looked like we were going to do anything with it. Um, and it wasn't until Morgan Williams went out on the right-hand side that um, I felt like we had any kind of balls going into the box. Because, but then he got the ball on a couple of occasions, broke forward and then went in and then start second half, he goes off. And we didn't realise, I mean, I was stood with Foxy again on the, on, on, on the terrace. We had no idea that he, he picked up an injury or he was limping or anything like that. So we were like, our most attacking player, as he was in that first half, has gone off the pitch. What the hell is that all about? Do you think that right. added to the angst around, um, around I, you, I mean, or was it just was there was anyone else around you saying he's probably got an injury? No, no, no. <laughs> the, the the only person who told me he had an injury was you. Yeah. So um... <laughs> and why didn't you disseminate that information? <laughs> well, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> did not want to be calmed down. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When they replaced him, they could have said, they could have announced it. He's got a bit of a knock. Don't worry about it. He'll be fine. Dead leg. Yeah, Morgan's hurt. He's come off. But here's yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't yeah. be on unless there was an injury. That would go well. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, um, but, but, but yeah. I, so I think that's what it was that there wasn't a good to, to start with. We'd won the game before um, and everyone was, was, was on a high. I mean, we, we might come on to this and I know you asked a question I think it was Ian in the press conference about who do the players motivate the fans or do the fans motivate the players very good question by the way um, which was in my opinion 3,000 people paid money to turn up there they've done their bit you know, ball it's in the players court then 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 it's up to the players to wrong go sport. out there huh? wrong sport well, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm making tennis analogies here, but yeah. So it's up to the players to go out there and do their bit to 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 to, to get people to get people going. Now, we can't say that we never do that, and that's not the way we play because we did that on Saturday against St Albans. We had a really fast start. We got out. We scored a goal. Everyone was happy. Um, and then <laughs> then in the second half, it got a bit more like that. But. <laughs> That, you're, not that, gonna, you're not going to do that every game. You're not going to score. No, you're week. not going to. You're not. You're not going to do it every game. I think it was the complete lack of any kind of attacking threat, as far as I could see, anyway, with the exception of Jordan Maguire, Drews. It was a cross, wasn't it? But um, uh, rather than rather than a shot, that that was it. Uh, and you you're looking at a team that is a part time team who's just come into this division, going and do something very different at the other end, and. Football fans are football fans. They they want to be entertained, and that's what they pay, whatever it is they pay for, um, to, to to do it. So people are naturally going to be a little bit, well, this isn't very entertaining because it because it's not. But I say at the end of the day, at the end of the game, we ended up with three points, and True ended up with none. So at the end of the game, nobody cared particularly, but. I certainly didn't care anyway. Um, I'd much rather play the way we played and win than play like Truro played and lost. Can I, can I just two things? I don't, I wouldn't want, I don't particularly want us to play like Truro. And I don't, and I don't, not that I want us to play like we did on Tuesday night every week. And I can, don't think that's, I don't think that's the idea either. Um, it's evidently not, we're just a team that's learning, but you know, they, they, were very much when we had the ball, it was two banks of 
four or one of four, one of five, just there to to stop us. And yeah, they hit us on the break. But if you try and play that at home, uh, that's not. I think I think you might be looking at it. I I I think it's simpler than that. I think it is. They attacked. We did not attack. People want us to attack and have shots on goal and look like we're going to score goals. We didn't. They did. It's that simple. That's what it is. Now, now, realistic, maybe not. Yeah. Um, But that is what people wanted. And that is not what people got. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's fair to say we didn't attack. I think we did. We just didn't have the clear cut. We weren't very good at it. Yeah, we just weren't very good at it. Exactly. I, I don't think we didn't attack. I think we did. I just don't think it quite clicked going forward, particularly the, the front four didn't fire at all together. There was no cohesion. There was a lot of misplaced passes, but we did it. We did try and create. We just failed to do so. Yeah. And the they, other... they, they had shots on goal. Will Boos was, yeah, was making made a couple had, of good they saves. Had very, two very good chances. Very yeah. good chances, um, which they should have buried. One of which was after a mistake by Jake Wannell. And yeah. the other was a, a cross into the back post, which, you know, it was a great chance and it could have gone in. Gone but anywhere. you can't, you know, all you can do in those positions is defend, you know, the, if the delivery's perfect, then, yeah. And I suppose if and buts, but it didn't go in anyway. So, um, yeah. And like we said on, on Saturday, the attack was really good and we could have gone in. 4-0 up at halftime. So, yeah. So, halftime, we come back out again. Zach Bell on the right. And more of the same, really, wasn't it? I thought I thought Bell struggled to get into the game. Um, it was sort of, obviously, a young player. There was a, a bit of a couple of mistakes and fans already a little bit riled up, especially in front of us, it felt like. And he was sort of really exposed to that... Uh, disgruntled reaction and I think that probably hit his confidence a little bit yeah I don't know how it was what was the feeling like there with you in the in the terrace Dave in the terrace bubble and bubble in front of us and yeah every back pass was getting more and more (laughs) annoying (laughs) yeah you see uh, it sounds strange I, I I think unless things get really bad my experience the terrace is not a particularly negative place to be um unless something catastrophic happens like the whole of last season then uh, it doesn't uh, it do, it, do, it doesn't feel really bad but i've sat in i still call it the barley stand and the main stand whatever they're called these days but the um i've, I've sat in there and heard like you say the, <laughs> the 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 bubble the bubbling of rumbling or grumbling the bubbling of grumbling um that, that, that there is in there and i don't really feel that in 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 the terrace you've kind of got the ones behind you who are they, 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 they are my ben barrett's they are they're, they're either up here or they're down there <laughs> they're, they're nothing there's no in between with them it's either everything's fantastic or everything's terrible and you kind of kind of try and lift them up or you have the people who are just don't say anything or, or or if they do say it they kind of say it quietly to their mates rather than than, than anything else so so for example i stood in the first half with marcus duncan and uh he uh he he, he and i had a couple of quiet because mark's quite quietly spoken anyway or maybe it's my ears i don't know but the um <laughs> the but he uh yeah so we were we were sort of like muttering to each other as opposed to oh why are we doing this and why are we doing that but it never i, I didn't get the feeling in the terrace that 
everything was uh, was terrible. I got the feeling that people wanted more to get behind, as I said in the first half. But I, I didn't think anybody didn't hear anybody shouting, Zach Bell or you know, come shouting, come on. When they shout, come on, Yogo is in a bit more of a positive sense than a. <laughs> Get off that big after they scored the come on yeovil really yeah. intensified didn't it to be fair yeah it's just a get it forward get it forward yeah, yeah. all yeah. the time get it forward get it forward um yeah <laughs> quicker yeah um yeah there, there is a bit of that and i i get it and maybe it's just the angle the view you've got of the pitch that yeah. You know, you can't quite see how far back the ball maybe goes when you're in the terrace, but on with a nice side on view, you can you can see it. But and I suppose the view you've got from the terrace is that you can see that they're you know gonna gonna move it across, widen up the pitch around the other side, whereas you don't really get that. No, as, that as was such. one of my bigger frustrations was that you could see players and and, and particular. I mean, I. I'm, I'm sure he'd probably say the same, but I think Frank Newbo had a very good game. On mm. I, I thought he was more effective on Saturday than he was on on on, on Tuesday. But there seemed to be a couple of occasions where I thought, get the ball to him. And he did it on one occasion where they got the ball to him. It seems like when he gets it and he runs with it, it's just like a force of nature, isn't he? You can't stop him um, uh, unless he stops himself uh, and, 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 and loses the ball in that sense. But there seemed to be several occasions where he was on his own and you were like get it over there get it over there now I'm not saying that uh, I expect Zach Bell to be able to ping a crossfield pass straight onto the toe of Zach uh, Frank Frank Newble but there was a bit more maybe that was the sort of view that um, I was I was getting that was the, the thing that frustrated me I can really only speak for my, my myself I do find myself sometimes being like waving my arms yes. like get it on this side get it on yeah <laughs> Um, so we go behind I mean some people think that's offside I'm not sure it's offside based on the highlights Um, what I want defenders to do is always put their arms up like 1990s Arsenal just so that the line bold Adams yeah just so the lino thinks it's offside just make the decision for him um there was a there was definitely a roar from that corner of the um main stand, whatever it is. Is that the Scroofic stand, isn't it? Yeah. The main stand, okay. Sorry. No, 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 I'm no. Getting... Bamford stand is oh, Bamford stand. Said. Oh, and you're the Scroofic stand. Where Bartlett you are. Right. stand is the Scroofic okay. stand. Right. Right. The Bamford stand. There was a there was a, a shout from there, which made me think it could have been offside. Because again, you say from where where you stood on the terrace, you can't really tell. But then I noticed on the co- on the match report, somebody said they were dead level with it, and there was no way it was offside. So yeah, I, go I think that person. I think what. <laughs> Sean, or what came through for me was the lack of pace in our in our defense at points, and I don't know if it's because they were tiring um, in that in that game, but it seemed to really there was a couple of moments was it just before I think Truro had the chance. They had almost an identical chance just a few minutes before, didn't they? Yeah, and then they scored, and then almost a mirror of the other side, they almost had the chance again through I think it was Greenslade the second time on the other side of the pitch. And it really just, I think, I don't know if it's because we were going for it. So the fullbacks were up, but it, yeah, it felt a bit like oh, exposed here with their pacey attack. It's uh, gone. 
Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I was I was going to say because you had um, and we said I said it on Saturday about how I tactically naive and therefore didn't understand what Matt Worthington and Charlie Cooper were doing, but it, it seemed to me that they were playing deeper um, than they were on Saturday. Where Saturday it felt like they wanted to join the attack all the time. It felt like they were they 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 were playing a bit deeper, which which felt like it should be a good thing that you've got those two players there. I don't know. I didn't. If there, there were a few people, there were a few shouts saying um, about Worthington not getting on the ball enough, particularly in the um, in in the second half. But it, you've got that very clearly a defence and very clearly an attack, haven't you? And our midfield is a little bit Cooper Worthington, and then just loads of number tens. That's that's what we've got, isn't it? That's our midfield. Yeah, there's a thing with you, you and I, and we were talking about it earlier. Cooper and and Worthington. There was a little bit of flashbacks from last season where they just had to do everything. Mm. And the fact is, if they are having to do that little bit of defensive work, you miss them when we get forward and you miss them getting on the ball and creating stuff. And obviously those two set up the two goals. So it showcases exactly what we want them to do. But when we do lack that bit of pace at the back and we look a little bit defensively vulnerable, as we obviously often did last season, you lose them. Um, because they'll both run, they'll run and run and run and run and run. But there's so much more than that, and that's sometimes where they get a little bit exposed because they just have to keep things ticking over in that half of the pitch. When actually, you want them in, you want them in the opposition's half. There was that passage of play where it was Ming, like sort of being pinged around by Josh Staunton, Charlie Cooper, and Matt Worthington, and I was having like serious flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, of last season with the it's like oh, like Josh Staunton screaming for the ball to try and yeah. get it forward, and then Charlie Cooper is, and you know I know it's after the fact. You know Mark Cooper says that you know the, the whole the plan was to tie Truro out their part time team. You know we thought their legs were going to go, and eventually their legs did go. And and hey, well, I was it, impressed at how long their legs lasted. Yeah, because they were they were doing some putting some serious yards in all the way. Well right up until the last 10 minutes really weren't they it was um they they, they seem to be everywhere yeah but let's talk about the last 10 minutes and and the changes with ollie thomas and jordan young coming on sort of an immediate impact sheridan what was your view on you know the, let's start with jordan young and his his performance coming off the bench i think he was he was bright last season but perhaps had his injury struggled after that but he, he did make a big impact yeah, the risk of uh, making you cry, Ian. I always thought that Jordan Young last season was like our Tom Knowles in that he would have benefited from a time where he would come on the bench, off the bench, get a few minutes, create a few chances. Whereas we didn't have that luxury last season. He was brought in from Chippenham. He had to play, to play probably more minutes than he ever anticipated. Going into full-time football for the first time, and then picking up an injury, as they they often did last season. So it then must be quite difficult for him then going back to being on the bench. Um, but I thought when he came on, he was a real bright spark, wasn't he? He had so much energy. He was strong on the ball, um, put a few good crosses in, um, won some free kicks. I Obviously, Ollie Thomas, superb finish, and he made such an impact. But I actually think... 
possibly underestimated the impact that Jordan Young had. Just that fresh, vibrant, um, getting us a little bit wider um, and just another option, which was just great. Um, so I was, I was really, really impressed with him. Um, and perhaps when you think, oh, we're going to bring on Jordan Young, don't get that excitement. Um, we haven't seen a lot of Ollie Thomas, obviously, but when you bring a striker on, you obviously get a little bit more excited. But I think he exceeded expectations for me. Um, and he's probably given Mark something to think about. I agree. I agree. And I th I, the thing that, the thing he's, a, he's, for me, he feels a bit more direct than Jordan Maguire Drew does at times, like the way he tries to beat players and his speed. I think during preseason, JMD was quite central, a lot more central than he has been in these last two games. And it reminds, sorry, it's going to be another Arsenal reference here, but it <laughs> reminds me of when Arsene Wenger used to put Meza Ozil out on the right midfield just to get him in the team. And he's not, he's not a right midfielder. He's not, for me, he's not a right winger. He's not, and it leaves us a bit exposed when he has to cut inside. Whereas I feel like Jordan Young's a bit more, I know he cuts inside because he's left footed and he's that, but he's, he's, I think he can go around the other side and, and try and beat a defender on their left. Whereas, I don't know. I don't know. That's just what, my view. I thought the comparison was going to be Jordan Young and Anders Limpar, to be honest, but that's probably, <laughs> uh, you're not that older and awesome. Yeah, fan, that stated think, you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Oh, Hewish Park. <laughs> yeah, Anders Limpar, tour, whoever the fullback was, a new one, if I remember. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought Jordan Young uh, looked good as well. I mean, I um, like uh, uh, wingers, pl uh, midfield players who take people on. And I remember, I think it was the Chesterfield game where we drew at Chesterfield last season. I remember th thinking that because I always thought of Jordan Young as a striker because he came in with this reputation from Chippenham as scoring goals. So I've, I've always thought of him as a striker. And it wasn't until that game at Chesterfield that you kind of saw him playing in that, that deeper role and playing out on the wing. I think it was him. He chipped it over. Um, for Ryan, Ryan Law. Law, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah, to head it in then, and you thought, oh yeah, he's got he's got a bit of that about him as well, and he saw a bit more of that when because, like you say, he was obviously playing out in a in a in a wider position. So, yeah, it's great to have that and to have some like Ollie Thomas. Um, he's obviously seen him come off the bench in the last two games. For an 18-year-old, he's enormous. <laughs> he just like yeah, and 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 there were a couple of occasions where, because you say their their defense played. Well, they said they sent Haas in particular played very well. Um, and but there were times where he was like holding off these gnarled old, <laughs> whatever they were, you know, sort of like big center bruising center halves. And I thought to myself, blimey, yeah, he's got he's got something about him, but then he's rapid as well, isn't he? When he when he gets uh, when he gets moving, you think, um, yeah, he's going to be difficult to difficult to catch. And as we saw on Tuesday, he can he can finish as well, can't he? So, yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> I know he's only 18 and we don't want to big him up too much, but he's got like all the attributes, hasn't he? Yeah. And I think, you know, if he, have we got him for the season or six months? Is it, is it January? January. Yeah. I think it's January. Yeah. I think if he spent even that amount of time, but if he gets a whole season with around Reese Murphy, yeah. Frank Noble and his experience, Jake Hyde, and even being around someone like Marcus Stewart as well to help him develop i mean he could be 
phenomenal. And as he starts scoring goals, as he has done this week, hopefully that confidence builds. And I think, I, I think as well, I think that both of them have really given Mark Cooper something to think about. And probably Jake Hyde, Reese Murphy and Frank Noble as well, because they're going to have to perform regularly with those two breathing down their neck. Would you bring either of them in for Saturday? <laughs> questions already. <laughs> I asked yeah, the question, Dave. I asked the question. Yeah, I asked the question. Don't you ask the question, Jeff. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, personally, I, I, I'd say on the two appearances I've seen from Ollie Thomas, I, I would not be disappointed at all if he was um, starting. Uh, I mean, again, my tactical um, analysis is, is, is limited, so I'm not quite sure what formation he best lends himself to to Ollie Thomas. Maybe more of a two than a three, I don't know. But um, but I certainly wouldn't be disappointed to see him come in. But Jake Hyde didn't have his best game. Frank Noble didn't have his best game um, yesterday and uh, on uh, Tuesday, sorry. And um, Reese Murphy obviously didn't score. But uh, again, I think Murphy probably looked the more lively of the three of them, in my opinion. Um, and therefore, if Thomas was to come in for either Noble or um, Jake Hyde, and those who whoever misses out is on the bench. That doesn't seem like a terrible situation to me. I'd be, uh, I and then you, yeah, like you say, you've got them on the bench. Yeah, which... exactly. Yeah, to bring on. Yeah, I'm still thinking what I'd do. I'm not sure I bring Jordan Young on, although he did do he, he did do well. But but I I think that he brings something. Um, yeah, maybe maybe um a a little bit different, but uh, equally. Maidstone United, I don't really know what that, what would work well against them um, to to know really, except for they score late goals. That's all I know. <laughs> my, um, my ask would PTSD be that we again. keep, if we keep the same personnel, we keep the same shape. Yeah, and try not to confuse it too much. You heard it here, folks. Ian wants wing backs again. Uh, deep fried wing back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one day it'll work, I'm sure. But yeah. <laughs> Tuesday was not that day. <laughs> I'm yet to see. I'm yet to see it work properly. Yeah. Uh, anything else we want to talk through? Oh, well, one all, obviously. We've got. The, say, we haven't. We haven't got the winner yet. No, that was no, the one, best bet. one all, and we've got the equal, and then we've got the equalizer. Oh, um, one all, one all. A great assist from Charlie Cooper as well for the the Charlie Cooper haters out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Are there it. a lot of Charlie Cooper out there? I think there's a touch of the uh, Lee Johnson, Gary Johnson situation going on like around. That, that's probably the biggest compliment you could play to Charlie Cooper <laughs> is, uh, is to compare him with Lee Johnson because, yeah, probably the best uh, passer and creative midfield force I've ever seen play the Oval. So. <laughs> Yeah, Lee but Johnson. what did what? Yeah, but how did what did people used to say all the time when Lee yeah, Johnson? Was yeah, well, again, you're saying people. You're talking about the Barley stand, aren't you? Well, uh, yeah. and the main stand. Yeah, well, I don't say. I, I again, my my ears may not be the best, but I didn't hear anybody um, shouting uh, a Cooper. It was more Worthington that I heard, and maybe that was just because Foxy's dad was 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 still behind me saying about saying about that um, saying about Worthington needed to get forward more, but. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't I, think there's anyone else in that team that can do the job that Charlie Cooper does. Like, eh? And, you know, that might be a fault of recruitment. That might be, there might be other reasons for that. But I think as a player, he is in that sentiment, in that midfield position, he's the only one who can 
break it up and seem to get away without getting too many yellow cards. I, he doesn't get booked very often, does he? I mean, Matt <laughs> Wyvern could learn a thing or two from Charlie Cooper, <laughs> I tell you. Um, I, the FA I, website shows Matt Worthington is now just Matthew to the FA. <laughs> he don't even use surnames. The first name oh, terms with him now. What, one in three is not bad for him. Not, not bad at all. He's not doing well. Um, but Charlie, Charlie Cooper, yeah, I agree. And he's one of those players that, I think we said this after the game, Ian, that if we lost him, you'd really notice it. You'd really notice if he wasn't there. Um, and that was an inch-perfect ball. And I felt for him at times, actually, because particularly in that second half where he was able to get forward a little bit more, he was trying to ping those sort of passes that he did for the goal. And he wasn't quite getting the the service from the strikers that he needed. They weren't quite in the right positions. Mm. But Ollie Thomas, perfect. Absolutely perfect. And then we push on and keep going. And... Uh... Good ball in from Worthy. Finally finds himself up the pitch to <laughs> to to make uh, an impact and great cross in and a great header from the perfect two centre back. <laughs> scored a centre back scored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, um, and and wasn't it was it a corner before? And it it's come out. I can't remember what it was before. It, it yeah, I know we didn't score row. from a corner. Was it a throw? We had a, well, we had a few in a row, didn't we? The corners mm. before, just before that. Yeah, uh, I didn't know if it had like broke out and then it was because because why would Jake one all be up there? Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but it broke down, didn't it? And Worthy sort of yeah. whips it into the back post. It was a great and, ball. It was a good ball. Um, yeah. yeah, like you said, a defender scoring. who's now scored four goals at the end that we could never score at <laughs> last season. And uh, Dave, were there limbs around you? There were, and I was going to say, I, I mean, the, the 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 noise that there was um, after the first goal, after Ollie Thomas's goal, was was pretty um, special as well. Um, but yeah, the second goal there certainly was. I I think I may have tried to clothesline Marcus at one point. Marcus is considerably taller than me, but I uh, yeah, I had to jump to grab him. So uh, <laughs> you just yeah, hit him in the shins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were uh, yeah, no, we were absolutely um, yeah, fantastic and uh, real. That's what that usually happens against us, doesn't it? Or oh, it feels like it's happened against us so many times that for it to actually be our turn to score late on in a game where after I picked myself up off the floor, I did um, I did feel a little pang of uh, guilt for for Truro because I thought they did fantastically well and um looking at um having watched Paul Wotton's interview after their previous game when they also lost in the in injury time um uh, I yeah I did feel a little bit more a bit disappointed but it only lasted about two seconds and then I was I was back I threw myself back on the floor again so I just I thought I jinxed it because I called it as the winner and I thought <laughs> we've got five minutes of added time here yeah, yeah. enough years to know you don't do that yeah I just got too excited. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we don't. We... Well, we, we were all there. We were all there with you. <laughs> and I think as sort of as uh, difficult as the match was, perhaps not in the Thatchers, but around us, uh, it that relief of the goal going in and the, that noise and the lift that that has given yeah. the players and Hopefully the supporters, because it has been a long time, a long time since we've celebrated a last minute winner. We might have had an equaliser here or there, um, but an actual winner was just massive. And 
I'd like to think that, like Mark Cooper said after the match about needing to build trust and the fans need to trust the players and the players need to earn that trust. You'd like to think that this that result will go a big way towards that. And mm. maybe Saturday will be the, you know, the benchmark or the the test of how far that result has taken that sentiment. Yeah. I think uh, it's interesting what he, he talks about the, 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 the trust because I, I think, well, yeah, for, for, for a lot of the players last season, I think um, people felt for them. And, and I don't think that with the, uh, maybe a few exceptions last season, um, particularly felt the trust was broken. I think the problem um, that we had in over God knows how long it seems like forever um, is the trust of the, the entire club, isn't it? Obviously the, you know, he who shall not be named um, being the, um, being the main reason for, um, for, for breaking that trust. And I think all of those things that I was in the fan zone again, um, before they before the game, and that was brilliant. Again, loads of people in there, really good atmosphere. The 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 DJ on and everything like that, and all of those things. Like the amount of people who you could tell that there were some people that had come that hadn't been there Saturday, and this was the first time they were there because of lots of people like pointing at things. Oh look, they've got, uh, and and that all that whole thing, like everything about the place, just feels like say trust building trust back together. Like you're. 14 pounds even 40 pounds i thought to myself i bought a ticket for the, for the terrace for 14 quid i thought that's quite cheap <laughs> um you know in yeah. comparison to certainly away games that um that, that, that you go to pay more than pay more than that pay more than that hemel so um for for, for for what they had so you thought to yourself all of these little things with they're reducing prices they're doing those, those little bits and the the team is another part of that and everything c- c- could be better they're adding a second bar in for for the Mason game, um, so that's a, that's another little thing. And Mark Cooper said there's still loads of new things that they can do better um, as a as a team. So yeah, it feels like it, it it's getting there. And I think the fact that you've had over three thousand three hundred fans turn up for two games, including a midweek game when we had what eighty from St Albans on Saturday and seventy odd from um, uh, Truro, which by the way. Truro, you'll know Ian as a holidayer in Cornwall, is a bloody long way from Yeovil <laughs> for a Tuesday night. So, um, so yeah, credit to to anyone who who did that. Um, but yeah, to have over three thousand home vans in there, I think shows you that people appreciate what is happening on the pitch, off the pitch, and 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 everything in between. We've just got to carry on in that di- direction, haven't we? I think as supporters, we're probably damaged goods. Yeah, as well. Definitely <laughs> the fact that we mentioned PTSD at least three times in this recording already tells you that we are damaged good. <laughs> it's we've had so many years of sometimes steep decline, other times gradual decline that it's really hard to <laughs> it's really hard to love again. <laughs> I, I, I was, do you know what? I was thinking similarly in the press conference today, speaking to Reese Murphy again, and you kind of because of how bad it's been since. Darren left. You forget we had that kind of really good year and a couple of years where Reese Murphy was scoring. And yeah. he kind of like brought it all back to me. And I think it's really nice that we've got someone like him who already has that rapport with the supporters because it is very easy to forget that we had that period where maybe we could have gone up, you know? And it's it's just nice that perhaps he might finally be here for something successful because 
you know players like him don't come around all the time and it's just nice to sort of hear him talk about Hewish Park in that way and you know when he said it's like I've never been away and just little things like that and speaking to Jake Wannell afterwards I mean what a joy that was Ian just absolutely <laughs> just he was just buzzing wasn't he yeah um, and it and it all adds up into the the vibe of as you say the whole club and I think on um you know on that first season under Darren Sarl you know that was stopped in the March yeah. of the year and then supporters never actually got back in to watch games until the following April yeah. So it's kind of, there's that year in between of not being a part of things and not being able to be a part of things that, you know, makes it even harder as well. And then when yeah. you come back and he who must not be named is absolutely rinsing the club for everything it's worth, makes it even more difficult. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I know we say don't fall in love with footballers, but we kind of really need to really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> We're allowed this year, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Right, should we do some questions? Yes. Have you asked them on every Facebook group on I Facebook have, um, <laughs> but I, I, I may need a, a second to... Okay, um, well, I've got the Twitter ones here, oh, I think. Not. Or I the, got... I've got the X ones. Yeah. <laughs> X marks the spot. Uh, here's one from Callum Haller, evening. Evening. Sheridan, you've got to say evening. You've got to say, you got to say good evening, come on. <laughs> Uh, if you could choose any artist slash band to play in the cider space, dead or alive, realistic or unrealistic, who would you choose? I love that it's just the cider space. I just love that so much. <laughs> the space for cider, yeah. Yeah. Go on then, Swifty. Who is it? <laughs> yeah. I'm so, ba- so basic it hurts. <laughs> so but I'm sure you will realise I'm a huge Swifty. And I get my sister down to the games as well. She comes occasionally. Um, but I imagine if Taylor Swift took to that stage, she'd be she'd be there in a second. Imagine, shake it off before the game. <laughs> I think it would be a 9,000 sellout then if uh, she <laughs> yeah. was playing before. Yeah. Dave? It's got to be the worst ones, isn't it? It's got to be. <laughs> That's got to happen before the end of the season. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, any, I will be... Any I, band. You've any band. You could pick any band, any band in history of all <laughs> time. Dead or alive, and you've gone for the Wurzels. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm a I'm a man of my environment, Ian. That's it. That's it. That's that's who you've got. It's it's it's, it's written in the stars. I told uh, I saw I saw Reese Rosser um, before the uh, uh, St Albans game. No, not before. Anyway, whenever it was I saw him, I told him that I'll be singing "Sack the Board" if it doesn't happen. So uh, yeah, Wurzels. That's what I want. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go for Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. What yeah. an eclectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift. Who's, I don't know who's the headliner. Who's the headliner? As well. It's obviously the worst of the headliner. Obviously Taylor Swift. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. This is a whole other debate, I think. Uh, Adam Miles says, evening lads. And I'll put Anne Brackets and Sheridan. <laughs> uh, thoughts on the front three of Nubel, Nuble. Hyde and Murphy. We felt short at the back. I feel we need to drop one and strengthen up the back line. Truro worked out the space down the wings, early doors, and exploited that space, which resulted in their goal in the second half. I'm going to leave one of the tactical people to talk about this. I'm not even going to touch you. So, so if we're saying that 
supporters want to see more attacking football. Except for, we... the, except for Adam. Adam doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to take away one of the strikers? I'm not sure that's the right thing to do. And I think you guys, obviously I didn't see much of pre-season, but I think that was one of the talking points, wasn't it? That we weren't particularly looking as great defensively and we were going to concede goals this season. Um, I, I kind of get what you're saying. I'm, I think Frank Newell didn't have a great game. I don't know what he was like in the St Albans game. I think you said he was a, a lot better. But I do think those relationships are going to take time. Um, I know Hyde and Murphy know each other really well, um, but they probably have to, they're probably used to playing in a two. They probably need to adjust to being a three as well. But for me, more attacking threat is completely positive. I, I certainly wouldn't want to see one of them dropped and brought, bringing in, say, Sendles White or something like that. I would, I wouldn't mind one of them being dropped and bringing in Ollie Thomas. I think if we're gonna, if we're gonna try and pick teams off and do this attacking football, let's let's do it. Um, we may concede goals, but we know we've got goals in us, so that's kind of the the trade off. Don't know if you agree. Yeah, I think if that if you take one of them out and put on a wing back, I'm out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know. It's not. It's not really a front three because it's kind of a front four with yeah. Jordan Maguire, Drew. Like yeah. Noble's out wide, and it is like that. Really, it's Murphy and Hyde playing off one another, and they're probably just going to fall out because they both want to score the goals. Um, <laughs> come the end of the season, I don't know. I don't know. I I think there's, I think there's a need for a bit more pace, and I think Frank Noble once he gets going is really quick. But I think you need that Jordan Stevens energy yeah. in the midfield to just make things happen a little bit quicker. I think it's clear that he's going to be huge. He said today, didn't he, that he's going to be a big player for us. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because we still really haven't seen loads of him. But yeah, I think that is the injection of pace is exactly exactly what we need. Um I'm looking forward to seeing him him back and then maybe that can balance things a little bit because there was a point, wasn't there, when you, sat, you and I said on commentary, it looked a little bit wonky. Yeah. <laughs> Technical term. Yeah, that's yeah, tactical. Say, say, this is this, <laughs> this far, far, far in excess of anything I could uh, come up with. Yeah. But there, there was when you were talking about Jordan Stevens and the Jordan Stevens energy, I thought of something and I've just noticed that Clevo has asked this question and I obviously can't ask it as angrily as Clevo can. Can you do it though? Try um, okay, I'll ask Bevo's question. Evening. Where was Sunny Blue, Sunny Blue Low Everton on Tuesday night? Incredible to think a player of his quality has missed out altogether. Shows the strength and depth we have with Stevens to return. Um, so I was going to say, Sunny has that same kind of energy about him, um, and that little bit of unlock the unlock the the, the door kind of uh, kind of quality. Do you think? Could Sonny be an option there? And where was he on Tuesday night? He was <laughs> there, wasn't he? Because I saw him on the video. Exposing both of us for not asking that. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. That's the sack headline the, news. Sack yeah. the press. That's what I say, yeah. <laughs> sack <laughs> the press. Yeah. I really don't know where he was. I didn't see him, actually, did you? He, he was on the was... HP source. He was on the HP source. Uh, no, he was on the <laughs> on the video. The video. With the behind-the-scenes oh, yeah, yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's called HP source. 
I think, he's not just sat there like down in bottles of ketchup. I think when you look at the bench and when you look at the result, obviously we brought on Jordan Young and he changed the game. We had to bring on Zach Bell for Morgan Williams and Ollie Thomas comes on and scores and the other subs are Josh Hours, who's that centre midfield cover, more defensive minded, and Jamie Sendles White. So, so Sonny just... wasn't there. I think that was the point. Was there? Yeah, I there, think but... it. Yeah. I don't think Sonny's as explosive as Jordan Indeed. Stevens is. Um, he's more that Maguire Yeah, yeah, he's on the yeah. Maguire Drew scale rather than the Jordan Stevens scale, in my view. Okay. All right, Cleaver. I'll, I'll ask I'll ask if he's not on the bench. I'll ask Cleaver. <laughs> yeah, where is he? <laughs> um Ashley Rickson, we, we have kind of touched on some of this, but we'll go into it. Uh, with the crowd getting slightly anxious in the way Yeovil were playing up until the equaliser, do you think the fans were justified? Do you think the quality of the Premier League has given fans an unrealistic expectation of non-league football? If anybody turns up at Hewish Park expecting to see Premier League standard <laughs> football, then maybe, 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 yeah, I would call that unrealistic. But um, now I asked this question, my friend Sarah and Nick, who I'm staying with, and we, we were saying that, uh, I, or I read this question out to him, and, and, and they were also saying about the, um, obviously the, World Cup, the Women's World Cups on the on the on the TV at the moment, and everybody's seeing that kind of higher standard of football right across the uh, across the pit, and, and that's on free to air TV. So, yeah, maybe, maybe there is something to be said for people who are coming out who maybe you know we haven't had crowds of three thousand for a while, have we? So there may well be people there who, for the last couple of seasons, have been watching football on the telly at whatever level it is they've been watching but I guarantee whatever they've been watching it won't be National League South level um, but so maybe there is a, a little bit of that but I think if you're turning up at Hewish Park expecting to see the Premier League standard football you're probably setting yourself up for a fall. I also think Mark you put it perfectly in that until we win five or six games in a, in a row or you know go unbeaten for a while we're not going to feel how we should feel about the season because we have been losing for 10 years. Like that's the reality of it. Um, and we're all fed up of losing games. So I don't care if we play terribly for 90 minutes and we win two, one, like I don't care if <laughs> we do it for the next six games and we win every single one of them. And I'm sure supporters agree with that at the time. It can be difficult to watch. I'm sure. Um, but if we win, does it matter? after the last 10 years? I don't think so. So I think I think it's it's very much results driven. And again, the, the players and management have said it again, 3,300 is an unbelievable crowd at this level. That will go up and up and up and up if we keep winning. And they won't see the football that's on display. They will see, oh, Yeovil won again. Yeovil yeah. won again. Uh, so I think it all stems back to what we've been through. I really do. Um, as great as the Women's World Cup is. And I hope everyone's going to be watching on Sunday. Absolutely. I'm going to go and find the bar on the campsite we're staying at so we can watch it. Yeah. Um, I think... Whenever Ian talks about his holidays, it always reminds me of that episode of The Inbetweeners where they go to Caravan Club. <laughs> I, I always had this, this vision of... <laughs> I can tell uh, you uh, it's nothing like that. No, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah but, but, but I can imagine you in a, like a, in a, in a uh, village hall or something like that watching, watching the World Cup. Okay. Anyway... <laughs> He's looking disappointed at me, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I was going to say that I, th and this might just be because I remember, you know, I grew up watching it, but I think there's a lot of people as well. I think Gary Johnson has a lot to answer for. 
and <laughs> that team, that conference winning team that shattered the division and then went on and was so successful. And all of those players also went on to play in the championship and in league one and had really, really successful careers. I think we kind of think that that's just easy to do. And we should just have like Nick Crittenden, Gavin Williams, Michael McKindo, Darren Way and Lee Johnson and, and Terry Skiverton and all these amazing players that, you know, it should just happen. But, you know, that happened 20 years ago. And I think it was probably once in a, <laughs> a once in a lifetime thing to have those level of players all at one time, all around a similar age and create that group that was able to do what it did. So I think we're kind of a little bit longing for that. You go nostalgia. back 10 years to 2013 when we had players who went on and have gone on to play in the Premier League um, and I remember there were a few games that season where we won and we were doing the interviews with the with the ex-players you look through all the runs of W's that there are but I remember in that run of whatever it was seven wins that we had that season there were a couple where it wasn't pretty but we won, and it's like you said. Next yeah. season, uh, it come to the January. We're gonna we're gonna look back, and we'll see hopefully a number of Ws at the beginning of this season. And will we really care that um uh, that we were sat there going, well, Morgan Williams is our only attacking outlet. <laughs> we won't care, will we? Because we right. won the because we won the game. Um. So yeah, it's. Do you remember Darren Sowell's Darren Sowell's first home game? was a 1-0 win over Eastleigh where yeah. Courtney Duffer scored in the fourth minute and we defended <laughs> for the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah. And there were a few like that, weren't there? And yet, yeah. Sheridan mentioned it before, that season, you remember thinking, oh, that was a really good season. But you, you have those where it's like, it's like um, forgetting, you just forget how, how bad it was. You don't <laughs> care because it's got, because there's a W there. That's all That's all that matters. And, yeah. yeah. You remember Torquay and you remember... Yeah, exactly. Those really good ones. The memorable wins. Okay. Uh, Raging Ball Skittles is back with a question saying, with teams playing us, especially at Hewish Park, with no intention of winning the game or taking the lead and having 11 behind the ball, do you guys feel the fans need to have a lot more patience? I see us scoring a lot of goals in the last 10 minutes this season. For example, Truro on Tuesday. Well, Mark Cooper said that in the press conference, didn't he? That he did expect us to score quite a few later on um which will be great for all our blood pressure um i actually don't think that's fair on truro or st albans yeah so yeah it seemed like that was quite a they they put they play really good football don't they um yeah they had a lot of possession and i think you know they're while they didn't pepper the goal or create a lot of chances in the second half they certainly I thought they tried to take the game to us and I mean Truro took the lead against us as well so yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) I don't I don't think they defended well don't get me wrong and Mm. we dictated play particularly at 1-1 and and when we've gone 1-0 down but I don't think they put 11 men behind the ball as such they certainly played their part in the game yeah, uh, there will be teams that do that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, going, it's kind of related to the the last question we answered in that I actually think the standard of all the lower leagues has gone up um, in recent years. Yeah. So you know, we're not we're not going to have those dominant performances anymore. Um, just all yeah. about getting the win, and I'm sure there will be some that 
come and come and defend but you know every team has it Wrexham had to deal with it in the National League like you, you've got you've got to overcome it and they won't be the pretty games but if we can get them over the line then then we'll do okay little bit of a spoiler alert but the um i did an interview last week with a former yeovil town player for an upcoming episode of the glover's past um who knows quite a bit about national league south and knows uh, and and uh, knows quite a bit about when we played at this level 30 odd years ago and he he said it's unrecognizable from when he was playing then that that season we did very much like the 2003 season that you just go and just blow teams away the teams at this level, I mean, you've got full-time teams, haven't you, in this division now? So it's just such a higher, higher standard that it's just very rarely going to happen. There might be, we might be lucky that we do have um, some occasions where that happens this season. Hopefully, we do, but certainly not as easy as it was back then. On to the next one from John Tosaurus. Do you think Mark Cooper needs to find a happy medium between his preferred style of play? and the more direct approach that saw us have an impact on the final 15 minutes. Do you think the nature of National League South allows us tippy-tappy play, or does there have to be a compromise? I thought you were talking about like a cheerful psychic, a happy medium. But, uh. Uh. <laughs> anyway, dad jokes aside, go on, carry on. <laughs> Head and hands for me. <laughs> That's been how a you long week, I don't need this on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we did see both sides no like the changes did change it although I'm, I'm not sure it was particularly direct when Ollie Thomas come, came on and um, we still tried to pass it and the way we got the goal was pretty good football the second goal perhaps yeah look much more much more direct but I think Worthy just saw the, the ball was on and um I, th- I just think it's too early. I don't think we've, I don't think I, this is clearly not how Mark Cooper wants the game, how he wants us to play. We're still developing and, and working on it. Though, like that, because we've had Mark Cooper as manager for a sustained amount of time now, but he wasn't able to do what he wants to do now. So it is, it is such a fresh start, like such a fresh start that we should be judging the Mark Cooper now. It, maybe it's because we've had, him for a while but yeah I'm maybe not, I don't know maybe I, I just I just think we need a bit of time it's a new team in a new league with I think you can draw I think you can draw a line at last season because of 100% what happened and and how that season unfolded that it has to be fresh and and feel fresh mm. Yeah, he would want that, wouldn't he? Everyone would want that. There is a question on Facebook which is kind of aligned to this, which uh, from Dean Halliwell says, do you think some people need to take a second? Even saw some comments suggesting Cooper gets sacked after winning, albeit ugly, um, and going sixth in the table. I mean, we don't look at the league table after three games, Dean, but anyway, yeah. Um, he said, we're bound to try and um, to, to have to try and win like that sometimes this season, and ultimately they succeeded, which I think is kind of a lot of what we said tonight. Dean sounds like a rational supporter. I know, yeah. He's, he's not allowed. To, he's banned. He just says he's banned from uh, either stand. He must have been stood on the terrace, I think. But, uh, although somebody within my earshot did shout Cooper out uh, on a couple of occasions. But I, 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 I hasten to, I hasten to add, it was one person. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah. And what was he saying at the end? Well, 
yeah, I did. Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. I did message you that there were a number of uh, yeah people who. Um, did you describe them as turncoats? I think I've never known. A, I've never known a bigger bunch of turncoats in all my life. I think were your words. I think I said there were plenty of turncoats stood behind me. Yeah, there, 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 there was. There was. Uh, there were quite a number of people who were, when they scored, were audibly upset, and when we won, <laughs> when we scored, the winner were audibly very happy but there we go oh, such is the right such is the life of a football fan i've i've done numerous 180s in my uh in my life and i don't mean my driving <laughs> although maybe uh almost a pro pilot uh says evening 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 there we go she's got it she's got it what did you think of Ryan Law's performance back at Hewish Park, and who were your man? Who was your man of the match? Um, uh, Ryan Law's performance passed me by, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. a, it was a, in the second half when uh, obviously they were coming towards us. I was like, "That's Ryan Law, isn't it? I remember him." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, I um, I posted a picture uh, from our excellent photographer Mike Cunns of um, Ollie Thomas ahead of Ryan Law and I said they're alone players and they're alone players um, and that answers both parts of that question because I didn't even notice Ryan Law was there and Ollie Thomas's impact upon the game made him my man of the match Ooh. oh nice Dave Love there you that. go yeah I didn't plan that question just so I could bring <laughs> that out but Sheridan who, who did you vote for in man of the match I presume you've voted on the website I have obviously <laughs> obviously first one <laughs> I always vote. I always vote. Um, I voted for Ollie Thomas as well. Because, because I'm closely followed by Charlie Cooper, who I thought, again, is just such a consistent performer. And the way he set up that goal was just excellent. Um, but I was impressed with the impact he had on the game, but, but also the finish. Like, when you watch it back, it's such a, such a tight angle and a really, really confident finish. And... Yeah, when you take into account he's 18 years old, it's um, quite unbelievable. So, yeah. I went for Jake Wannell because I thought he, he, yes. had a dif- he had a difficult first half. Um, but I thought he got better as the game went on and then scores the winner. And for me, that's... You know, and that big smile at the end. Exactly, yeah. He was a happy man. And yeah. Can, can I just say that 46 out of the 130 people um, who voted agreed with you in? Uh, Jake Wannell was the... He's got 36% the public vote. of the vote. 36, 36%, 47 votes out of 130. Ollie Thomas, 25% of the vote, 33 votes out of 130. Then Charlie Cooper, Alex Witt and Reese Murphy, etc. Okay, I'm going to do one last one on Twitter because it, it's late. Uh, Dexter Tyson, this is a food one. Uh, Dexter Tyson, evening. 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 Went to the pub last night and ordered steak, pie, and mash. When it arrived, the pie was basically a casserole with a pastry lid. In my eyes, that's not a pie, as a pie should be the filling encased around pastry. What are your thoughts, please? Can I answer a question with a question? No. (laughs) What does he refer to a cottage pie or shepherd's pie as okay because that isn't encased in pastry is that does that make it not a pie a fish pie a admiral's pie a fisherman's pie or whatever okay are they not pies as well okay all right there you go <laughs> Dexter, 
that one's come back at you. Um, can I just say the there's a a pie at the half moon, which Dexter would not call a pie. Um, sponsorship opportunities are available. Half moon, <laughs> one free meal a week, and I'll talk about you every week. Um, <laughs> that has the the sort of pastry lid on top of a big bowl of chicken, bacon, and leeks, and I'm on, I'm on board with that. I'd I'd, I'd say the chicken pie, please, and happy with it if the filling of the pie is good it doesn't really matter what's in does it no I and the, the pastry's good too right yeah <laughs> sheridan any views on the pies you know i'm not a big pie fan to be honest so i'm not the best person to ask but are you a fan of a meal with a pastry lid <laughs> <laughs> no. have you got any pastry lid dishes <laughs> <laughs> not not in my locker at the moment <laughs> Five yeah. Live has changed her, isn't it? This is what she's become. Uh, uh, she's all the, she'll be going to like the forest green saying you want, I don't know, whatever it is they eat, forest green. Something something made out of plants. So leaves. Not, yeah, <laughs> leaves, yeah. Oh, dear. Dave, anything more on Facebook for you? Yes, there's a couple more on Facebook. Um, so Clyde Bested, Evening Gents, and Sheridan, of course. Um, loving the fan zone, an excellent addition to the match day experience. However, looking forward to cold, wet, windy weather. Don't know why you're looking forward to that, Clyde, but um, have we heard anything about potential roof cover and warmth while socialising um, pre-match? And again, can I just point out my friend Zara, who's, this, this is her uh, uh, armchair that I'm sat in. She said exactly the same thing to me before I came on. What happens when it's raining? There's got to be room for some kind of, there's got to be a canopy or something, isn't there, underneath the thatches? Have you been in the have you been in the fan zone yet, Sheridan? No, I haven't. You've been in Ian, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I know the the tent's there, and it's like half what the tent was. I know it's not. Is it there? Yeah, it's at the other it's at the other end, round the corner by the where the stage is. It's not it doesn't completely missed that. I don't think I've got that far up. Yeah, it's not open or in use yet, and it is Ah. half the size, but there'll be a bit of a bit of cover there and i'm right in saying that people can actually stand underneath the the terrace there's like a bit yeah, there's a sh- there's a cover i wondered whether there. you could put a, a a shelter or some kind of canopy on it but well, i'm yeah. no structural engineer but but yeah presumably <laughs> presumably there are those around who can yeah i don't know engineer things structurally exactly um okay. need a concrete <laughs> framework first though right hey that's it there you go clyde <laughs> Speak to he shall, who shall not be named and ask him where his concrete framework is and I'll tell you where he can stick it. Um, so uh, Michael Stony Stone asks, is the nickname of Yeovil Town the Glovers or the Gloves? Glovers. Glovers. Yeah. Okay. I think it's because the youth and Elliot Watts call them Gloves, don't they? But I think that's just like a nickname, isn't it? Like my proper name is David and people call me Dave. Gloves. Glovers. That's him. Yeah. Up the gloves. Whatever. Um, as up long as Dave. He, up the Dave, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and last question, which you can't answer because he's not here from Dan Cabell. Will Ben be able to provide odds on Just Staunton being head groundsman after he hangs up his boots? I'd like a little flutter. Well, Ben's not here, but um, would either of you like to offer odds on Just Staunton becoming? He's very big on his grass, isn't he? Yeah. Do you know what? I spoke to him before the game on Tuesday and he was telling me how he designed the dugouts as well and he wanted the credit. Designed them. Wow. Designed them. Wow. Is he any good at canopy design? Yeah. That would be the next question. Is there anything that man can't do? Probably not. 
There you go. Josh, yeah. it's over to you. Uh, Dan, we'll have to come back to you with uh, Ben's odds. He will be back on Sunday, I think. Sunday well, for Monday. Can I just say, I think Josh, I mean, Josh is going to have a point to prove, I think, because I thought the pitch is looking top bins at the moment, looking really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's why it's nice to see it being kicked around on it rather than <laughs> up above it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think he's got his work out if he wants to displace the current, current grounds person. Mm, agreed. Um, but right. That is everything for Facebook or whatever. It, yeah, it's still called Facebook, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. It is. It is still yeah. cool Facebook. Dave, yeah. have you got anything else going on to, to finish off this podcast this week? Well, it's a Thursday night. It's Friday morning for you. So the only way to finish the quiz is to find out whether Marcus Duncan can retain his crown. Um, but give a little listen Saturday morning with fingers crossed. If I make it back from Somerset to the Northwestern time, we'll be talking to a Maidstone United fan and that will be coming out on Saturday morning, which is the only place to hear opposition fans talk to you about what to expect from your game. So stay on for the quiz and listen on Saturday morning. Thank you and good night. Okay, so it's quiz time once again, ladies and gentlemen, and back defending his title, having dethroned the once again former Glovers Class Quiz champion, Rob Manley. Uh, we welcome back Marcus Duncan. Marcus, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, been a nervous week waiting for this, but um, yeah, hopefully you can maintain the crown. Yeah, yeah. You're feeling confident or are you, uh, how are you feeling? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's a bit of a random one, really, isn't it? Yeah. But um, why not? I'll feel confident. Yeah, okay. All right. No, it's good to have a bit of confidence. Yeah, you need a you need a bit of that. Well, um obviously in the uh, in the summer there was a there was a real clamor to bring the quiz back and I and I put it out there and I asked people to put their names forward to be a contestant. And the very first person to put their name forward was the contender tonight, which is uh with Steve Appleby, fresh from organizing the uh the Shaftesbury Fair. Is that right, Steve? Yeah, the Gillingham Shaftesbury show, yeah, just come from a just coming from a meeting um, about half an hour ago, so, so yeah, there, there, nothing this man can't do. He's a he's a he's a qualified bricklayer. He organises agriculture. So, I mean, Marcus, you are completely unqualified. I mean, in comparison with this man, <laughs> yeah, I might as well leave now. To be honest, it's making me look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and, and I can tell you that Steve, uh, you know, he grows some good run of beans as well, from what I've seen from uh, from some pictures. So, uh, so yeah. Well, Steve, thank you for uh, putting your name forward, and uh, just just give us a little bit about your uh, Yeovil Town history. When how far back do you go? Um, so the first game, well, I'm 24. So yeah, the first game was, I think it was Ipswich at home on a Tuesday night. Right. In the chat, I think it was, I think Ipswich won one 0 I think. Sam Hoskins hit the crossbar in the last minute, I think. There's some good knowledge here, Marcus. He's got some good knowledge. He's got good memory there. Trembling in my boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think, I, I think Stephen Hunt scored the goal, I think, if I remember rightly. But... Even, you even remember the opposition. Right. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> this is just showing off, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to stop this. I'm going to have to stop this here. Right. Okay. Well, the name of the game is Yeovil Town. Who am I? I've got a potted history of three former Yeovil Town um, favourites, players, uh, here, and I'm going to read them out. And the first one of you that gets to two is the winner, and you go through 
uh, to defend the crown next week. So there is a theme. I, uh, I forgot to give the theme up front last time, so I'm going to do it. So the theme is Dar's Stars. These are all players who have played under the great Darren Way, the Oval Town uh, managerial genius. So lucky yeah, men, exactly. Hey. Luck, lucky people indeed. <laughs> okay, so Marcus, as the uh, defender, are you ready? Very ready. Yeah. Steve, are you ready? Yeah, I suppose so. Okay, come on, let's have a bit more enthusiasm. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Here we go. First biography. I was born in Romford in 1995 and actually christened Stephen, although that is not what I'm known as in the footballing world. Having started out in Norwich City, I was part of the youth side, which won the FA Youth Cup in 2013. And I joined Charlton Athletic in the summer of 2012, but lasted just one season before being released. Having not made it at the Valley, um, it was during my time in South London that I made my international debut playing for Antigua in 2015, where I actually replaced another former glover, Kieran Murta, in a 4-1 defeat to St. Lucia. I spent the 2015-16 season with Aldershot Town in the National League and scored seven times in 41 appearances, which was enough to earn me a loan move to newly promoted Grimsby Town in the EFL. I struggled to settle on the East Coast and made a seven substitute appearance before joining Macclesfield on loan. Till the Reese Brown. The answer is Reese Brown. It is absolutely yes, yeah, Reese Brown, two thousand and seventeen. I never even got to his Oval Town period. <laughs> Very good. Okay, Reese Brown. Right. Okay. On to the second one. This. So, uh, just just to warn you both. This one I think could go quite quickly, so be on your on your, on, on on your guard here. And I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe do some slightly dodgy po- pronunciation here, but um, you'll you can you can pull me up on it. Okay, so I was born in Łódź in Poland in August 1989, but it was Birmingham City where I earned my first Arte. professional. Say again, Arte Krzyziak. Arte Krzyziak is the right answer. Yes, yes. He's our keeper, our Polish keeper. Polish keeper. So, there you not go. Had many you polls, yeah. Not had many polls. No, I think it was down <laughs> to him or Bartosz Tarasiewski. That uh, might be a bit before you guys' time, wouldn't it? But I think not... he was Polish. Is he Polish? I think he was. Yeah, I think he was Polish. So that's the only two I've got. But yeah, right. Okay. All right. Well, this is always good. We're down to uh, down to the final decisive one. Okay. So here we go. I was born in Poole in Dorset in September 1994, and it's no surprise that AFC Bournemouth Academy was where my footballing journey began. I was tipped for great things in the under-21 setup when I suffered a serious knee injury in the summer of 2014. I'm going to tell you, Stagnant Dark, is it Wes Fogden? It is not Wedge Bogdan, but that is a good that that is a good shout there, Steve. Um, I'm going to have to rule you out the next paragraph. Marcus, this one, this one is yours. I'll, I'll call you back in uh, when you when it when it when it's time, Steve. Okay, so Marcus, this paragraph's just for you, mate. Yeah, that ruled me out for eighteen months after complications with the operation, and it was Darren Way who offered me a chance to return to the game when he signed me for Yeovil Town on loan in February two thousand and sixteen. Steve, you're back in now. I played ten times as we survived in League. Two by the skin of our teeth, and it was my goal in a one-nil win at Dagenham and Redbridge, which would event who would drop at our expense. Brandon Goodship. Brandon Goodship is the right answer. Yeah, I could see Steve was straining at the least there. He was trying to think of one, but 
Blimey, yeah, Brandon Goodship. And I never even got onto his Weymouth affiliation or the mention of Grant Grant Smith giving him shagger hips in the FA Cup the <laughs> other week. So uh, the other season, I should say. But there we go. Right. Well, Marcus, congratulations. Defended your title again. Steve, did you did you did you enjoy yourself at least? I certainly did, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right. Well, and would you recommend it to any other Yeovil fan who uh, who thinks they know what they're talking about? Absolutely, yeah. That's a ringing endorsement. What more can I say? Well, <laughs> Marcus, we're going to have to find another time in your on your hectic diary to try and um, get another contender to take you on. And we have got we have got a list of people now, so I'm very pleased. But if anyone does fancy taking on the quiz, drop us a line. Let us know. Steve, thanks for playing. Marcus, we'll see you next week. Yeah, I'll keep my evenings three. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, chap. <laughs> see you later. Cheers, Dave. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott.